Welcome back to the Two Dudes Three Legs podcast with your host, Zach Dingy. Tony Capaletti. Today, we're sitting down with Justin Cooper. He owns LMC Athletics. It is a basketball training company. He's worked with some NBA guys. He's working local down near us. And he actually used to be, probably his biggest accomplishment was he used to be my AAU coach. And I think in like U14, we won like one championship or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, (laughs) he also won a state championship at Pine Plains. Lost in a state championship. You didn't win? Lost. Lost in the final. That up. It's all right. you won. It's all right. It's all good. So uh, you own LMC Athletics. Let's start there. Make it easy. What What is LMC Athletics and what do you do? Yeah, LMC Athletics is a basketball skills training company. Uh, we mainly operate here in the Hudson Valley. Uh, we do youth programs from uh, with kids as young as first grade all the way up. Um, I have a few NBA clients and overseas professionals that I work with. Um, and then we work with players in between there, boys, girls, uh, middle school, high school, and so on. So you're training guys, though, mostly one-on-one group? It's everything? Yeah, we do everything. So we do one-on-one sessions. We do small groups, large groups, clinics, and camps um, with all those various age groups. Got it. And uh, LMC, you have a partner in the business, correct? Uh, two partners, yep. Okay. Uh, Tyler Lydon, Jeremy Mergendahl, um, and we've been doing it since 2019. So what's, uh, what's the day-to-day look like? Like, what are, you, what are you usually doing? Give me, walk me through a day. Yeah, so the, the day-to-day, the beauty of what I do is it changes every day. Yeah. Um, there's some days where I'm on the computer and I have to update our website and send out emails. Um, there's some days where I'm fully on the court. There's other days where I need to make sure that I'm posting on social media. I'm also sending emails and I'm also on the court. Um, but every day, really, whether it's an off day or it's a work day, is still about my work. So even on the days that I take off, there's a ton of time that I spend um, whether it's communicating with people, talking with people on the phone, um, going out to dinner, networking, things like that, that yeah. revolves around our business every day. You're in a very unique business where, sure. because like you have to be in the business every day. Yep. You can't really delegate a lot of the tasks because you got to be the one training people. You have to For be sure. the one there constantly. Yep. So you're doing though, you're, you and Tyler are doing most of the front end work or the, the actual day to day. And then you have Correct. a guy doing a lot of the back end stuff, Yep. like the, uh, uh, social media and things of that nature. Yep. Good. So, um, that brings me to like the entrepreneurship side of it. You obviously started this business out of, out of what cause, like you played basketball. You're really good at basketball. You and Tyler, Tyler obviously was in the NBA. Yep. You were top player at Corlin. You win player of the year at um, I was first team all conference twice, okay. so I didn't get player of the year. So we didn't win enough games. We lost in the first round of playoffs every year, but happens. Got it. All it right. So you were sick at basketball. Tyler obviously was in the NBA. Yep. Why did you start the company? Yeah. So it was funny when I was a college player. I didn't have a trainer when I was uh, like working on my game. I would just get my buddies together. We'd go to the park and we'd play basketball, or I'd get in the gym and I'd shoot around myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I got into college, social media started to get there. There was people posting on Instagram that they're basketball trainers. Um, and it kind of struck my mind because even when I was interacting with my coaches, I was always about player development. How can I continuously get better? How can I help my teammates get better? If we were putting workouts together, I was leading the charge of the things that we were doing in those workouts. So um, once Tyler got drafted to the NBA, we had a conversation, his brother, uh, Tyler, and myself, um, about how we can kind of give back to our community. So it really started with our first Tyler Lydon camp. Um, and then during that camp, we met some people that wanted to do some training because that started to become an industry for the kids. And uh, that was my junior year of college. And then from there, we kind of um, started doing a little bit of individual training that summer after the camp. I went back to college for my senior year. And then after my senior year, kind of hit the ground running. So you started it in college? Though. In college, yeah, junior in college. Yep, so it was my uh, summer of my junior year was the first camp we did. Um, and then I was like just in the gym working out. We used to use Bard College all the time. And there'd be like local high school kids that would come by or play pickup. And they'd be like, hey, do you times. mind? Yeah, hey, do you mind just working me out for 30 minutes and put me through some stuff? And that's kind of where it, it started out. Got that's it. crazy. So it just evolved into what it is. Yeah, yeah, pretty much evolved into what it is. And it started with the three of you? Yeah, it started. So um, Tyler's brother, Zach, was initially a part of the company. Um, he got out because he wanted to do other things career-wise. Um, but Tyler was always a part of it from the beginning because we started with that event, and then Jeremy was always a part of it as well. It's cool how things sort of just find their own way, right? Exactly. And it sounds like that's how it happened for yeah, you guys. for sure. And now when you're working with people, they call you up and they're like, we need help on this specific part of our game. Yep. Or you come in, you assess what they're doing, and you're like, we're going to do this. Yep. Yeah, so it's really um, that first session that we have, we kind of go through a little bit of everything. And basketball is an interesting sport where every player has their strengths and weaknesses. 
Um, a lot of people try to tend on just focusing on their weaknesses to improve, but we really like to target strengths as well because we can always get better at those things. So if someone's a really good shooter, how can we be better? How can we make more shots in these certain situations um, to not only just elevate that part of their game, but then also we try to target one or two weaknesses that can feel in and flow into what they already do as a strength um, to try to help them become a better player. So that business training, basketball trainers or just trainers in general for any sport. Yep super saturated and i feel like there's a lot of just average mediocre people that just yeah hey, i'll train you you know what i mean i played basketball in high school i was decent yeah so what what and you guys have grown and gotten to a pretty substantial level pretty quickly yeah in terms of your business and who you're working with yep how what what's the difference what have you done that's so unique i think what we really do the best is just our upfront and honest approach um, we don't really guarantee anything. We don't tell a player we're working with, hey, you're going to be a Division One player. You're going to make it to the NBA. It's what can we do today for you to get better? And if you're consistent at it, we have a good shot of reaching your goals. It's not a guarantee. There's, there's no way that we can say, hey, if you come to us seven times a week, every single day that you're going to reach where you're going to reach, right? Because sometimes things just don't work out that way. But what we can do is, is be consistent every day, try to get better every day, and then the chips will fall where they may. What is the importance of, of knowing people and networking? It's everything. To get to the level. So net, networking is everything. And honestly, just being able to sit down and have a real conversation with someone and know what you're talking about. Be prepared for those conversations, understanding who that person is you're speaking with, who their son or daughter is, who you're gonna possibly work with, but it's everything. Knowing people and being able to communicate is huge. What is, do you get like equity in a player if you train them and then they go, if you get them in high school and they're going all the way up to the NBA, do you get any part of that? Um, so I like, haven't, I haven't had a player from high school go straight to the NBA, so okay. I can't specifically answer that. Um, I know there's people who have worked with players from high school to the NBA and they're almost on like a retainer yep. um, because they're their trainer specifically. So they'll fly out to wherever they are and they'll do the workouts. Um, but I don't think you'd get like an agency cut like an agent would for representing them. Because you've worked with some of those big guys who are in NBA. Yep. How did you land that? How did you get in that space? Honestly, just really connections. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of my clients that I have now, I was able to start working with them through the other people that I was working with. They saw some of the stuff I was putting out on social media. They thought I'd be a good fit for what they they need for their playing career at that time. And then it just kind of evolved into those things. But again, it really goes back to the first impression of when I'm sitting down and talking with them or the first workout, knowing my stuff, being able to communicate and then understanding and also listening to what they want. Yeah. Well, locally, you're, you were already pretty known before yep. you even started it. Like yeah. people knew who you were because of your skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, what is it? What is it like to work with high level athletes? Because you, even though as good as you are, we're talking to NBA guys, you're talking yeah. the best of the fucking best. Yeah, for sure. So how it is because you're dealing with high school kids. Then yep. you're dealing with top dogs. Yeah. It's got to be tough to pick apart yeah. the game of a top yeah, so dog. It's, it's, it's interesting, <laughs> right? Because even though players are at that level, there's still so many things that they can get better at. Right. And like where we work with, you know, there might be an eighth grader who's like, I want to try out for JV this year. And that's like their level up where if you're working with a college player, they might say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to go overseas and be a professional. If you're working with an NBA player, they're trying to go from $4 million a year to $10 million a year. How can we get to that? So there's... It's similar, but obviously it's different based on the circumstances and the situations that they're all in. Yeah. So in that world, I feel it's a lot of kind of figure shit out as you go because you're really training people yep. and you're walking in like, okay, for the, for the first initial thing, it's like, I don't know what this guy's really necessarily good or bad at. So you just go in there and how do you pick the drills? Are you looking at specific strengths and weaknesses? Or are they telling you what they want to get better at? How yep. does that... Yeah, so it, our sessions are an hour, right? So let's say we take this hour. The first five or 10 minutes where I first get with a client, I, I just talk with them. Yeah. Understand who they are, kind of get a feel for them, what they like, what they dislike, what they think are their strengths, their weaknesses. Um, and then I have a template of really what I get into based on the level of player I'm working with. Um, and we'll touch every skill, ball handling, passing, finishing, shooting, game situations, kind of see where their movements are. And then after the session, the last five or 10 minutes, we'll talk again, like, hey, here's what I saw. Give me some feedback on what you thought of the workout. What can we do better? Things like that. And then kind of build a plan from so there. So it's very strategic. It has really to be. really them a game plan. Yeah, for sure. Because if not, right, if we're not strategic, we're not locked in on exactly what we're doing, like anybody could go in there and just put them through a workout. You know, like that's you, the difference. If yeah. you guys, if you that's guys watch, YouTube, if you guys watch a YouTube video and you're like, all right, bet, 
we got to do ball handling for 15 minutes. We got to do some passing. He just got to throw the ball to me, some finishing, some shooting. There's 60 minutes. Yeah. The person's going to sweat. They're going to feel tired if you make them run a little bit. So really anybody can do that. It's really the matter of really breaking down specifically and locking in on the templates and the things that we do to try to help the players get better. Got it. That's the big thing. That's what For you're sure. saying is setting you apart, really. For and sure. And how long are you typically working with a client? Throughout their whole career? or um, So I'm still them? very new in it. So some of the professional guys I have, I just started working with in the last six months to the last two years. Um, but really the main focus is in the off season is attacking things that we could come become better at that we're already good at. Mm-hmm. Attack one or two weaknesses heading into the season. And then during the season, you know, just checking in breaking down film if they're in new york we go to the city we meet in new york we make sure we get a workout in and just staying in touch and staying engaged so that each time we're together we're focusing on trying to help them become better i really like that you keep saying you focus on working on their strengths yeah i feel like that's a big i'll call it a leak that a lot of people have in business or sports whatever it may be when someone's talented in one thing one part of their game or one part of their business, they never work on it. Yep. You need to work on the things you're good at just as much as the stuff that you're bad Absolutely. at. And I think that's extremely important, which, you know, it works in business, like I said, sure. and in sport. For sure. So I think it's really important that you keep saying that and people need to realize. That. Yeah, and that's a big thing too, right? In business and in life, right? You can learn and grow and develop every single day. Like the stuff that we are doing right now in six months is gonna be old. So like if we're not learning and evolving and growing on those things, it might be a strength for us then, but if we don't put any attention to it, it might not be a strength in six months from now. So it's very, very big in my opinion to focus on those things as you go forward. And back to the business model, what you're doing that's very unique for business that I see, is you're not only, like you were just telling me, you're going to high school games still, two, three, four, five games a day sometimes, whatever it is, you're always there on the weekend. So you're going out, you're shaking the hands old school, meeting face to face, but yep. you're also on TikTok and social media, yep. and you got a website where people can go to. So, what's is is that the catalyst for how you've been able to build so quick? Because you're you're going shaking hands, yep. Plus, you're doing social media, so you're doing the best of both worlds. Yeah. So honestly, like just being present at those games not only shows that we're there supporting those people, but then we get to interact with other people. They might say, oh wow, I know that player A trains with that person. Wow, they actually come to their games and watch and support. But then also for me, from like the working standpoint, if I'm watching the game in person, I'm like, all right, we need to focus on this area of their game because they struggle with that when it really matters, right? Because in basketball, you can do all the stuff in the world, but if you, when you put your uniform on, you really can't do it, Mm. what we do doesn't mean shit. That was me. It doesn't mean shit, (laughs) like seriously. If we could train every single day, you're great in the gym, one-on-one, whatever, your parents are in the gym, that's fine. But if you put a uniform on and you can't do it then, it does you no good. So it's a matter of like, we gotta prepare the players that we work with to be good when they have the uniform on and to be successful when they're playing. So not only being there to interact with those players and to see those things, but then also just simple shaking hands, hey, how are you, it's great to see you, and things like that. So you're taking it a step further in the most important way, it seems. Like if, you're, if, if you have someone that you're training with and you're not even watching how your training is turning out, yeah. it's like, then what's the point? Exactly. So that's huge. Absolutely. What's the best to watch right now, high school, college, or NBA? Um, they're all different okay. um, because the NBA obviously is the best players in the world. So their game style is a little bit different than the college style. Yeah, and that style is obviously fuck. a little bit different than the high school. <laughs> um, But I really love, like, there's been a few local high school games where the stands are packed and it's a really competitive game. Those environments are insane because, like, those kids on the court, like, don't realize that, like, this is their, like, championship. Like, this is their NBA finals. Oh, yeah. Like, Lords Arlington is some of the biggest games those kids will play in because, like, they might be done playing basketball in high school. You know, most are. And most are. So, like, those games are sick. Like I love going to a high school game that's packed with good energy because it's a great time. Um, and then even like some of the local college games um, with the players I work with, just being able to go there, it's a high level of basketball. And yeah. some of those guys will go on and girls will go on to play at another higher level after that. How's Pine Plains doing since you left? Are they still a good school um, for basketball? They're struggling a little bit. My man, yeah. Zach's the head coach. He's trying to fix some things. Wait, Leiden? Leiden's coaching, yeah. Really? Zach's coaching. He coached last year. They oh, lost shit. the section final last year. Um, he's coaching them again this year. So um, we'll see, man. What's, Classy basketball. That's right. 
What's the long-term plan for, for LMC? Where's it going? Um, just honestly, continue to grow locally. Uh, try to help as many kids as we can locally reach whatever their goals are, and then try to expand and get into working with more college and professional players and try to grow um, that aspect of our business as well. And you're gonna need other trainers though, right? For to, sure, yeah, yeah. Scale. So we already, have, we already have some people that work with us. A lot of our college athletes that when they're home in the summertime, they'll intern and they'll help out at our camps, mm. our clinics, even some of our workout sessions. Um, a lot of my workouts with my professional players, we need a rebounder, we need someone to play defense. So um, some of those people are getting that kind of experience, but 100%, as we continue to grow, we're gonna have to bring people on. And it to, sounds like you're looking to, to employ actual athletes. For sure, I mean, it's helpful because one, if you've played the game, you're gonna kind of understand what's going on and what things should look like. But then two, you're also gonna have a work ethic. Right. You're gonna understand like this isn't BS. Like I can't just come in here and kind of mail it in and sit at my desk all day. Like everybody else is bringing it. I also got to bring it too. Hmm. What's been the correlation? You just said it right there. Athletes, dude. I love when I hire athletes to sell solar panels. Yep. Because they have competitiveness. That for me is everything in sales. Yep. Because if they're competitive, and somebody else is beating them on the scoreboard, those motherfuckers yeah. work. You know. And the other thing is too is you don't have to like hover over them and make sure they're doing stuff. Like they're prepared and they understand like, this is my work, I need to make sure I get it done. It's the only way I can be successful. Correct. Same thing as an athlete, right? If I don't work out and then all of a sudden I go try to play on Friday or I don't go to practice and I try to play on Friday, I'm not gonna be good. So yeah. you gotta make sure you're also putting your work in too. What are like your biggest takeaways or lessons from basketball that correlate to business and what you're doing now? Um, time management. Okay. So being understand, I was division three athlete, so it was very easy to go out and have a good time. Um, so just being able to manage my time. And then also as a college student, classes, basketball, social yeah. life, all those things, yeah. um, discipline, um, and being able to communicate. Um, so it's like a big thing. Once, as you play at a, at a higher level, you gotta be able to talk to the people you're working with. You gotta be able to communicate with your teammates. Um, and when you're in college, you gotta be able to communicate with your teachers and your professors. So. Um, I would definitely say those three things. When you're training with these kids or athletes, any of them, do you explain the work off of the field or off of the court rather that they need to be doing? Or you're, yeah, for you're sure. strictly- Yeah, for sure, yeah. I mean, we talk all the time that a lot of times people feel if they have a trainer and they do that training session for one hour, they're done for the day. Where in reality, it's what they do away from the training sessions that's mm. gonna benefit them the most, right? If you come to me once a week and we work out, but that's all you do, it's probably gonna regress your game and your ability because you're only doing that thing one hour a week. Right. Right. But if you're at home, you're doing strength training, you're eating correctly, um, you're on the court working out as well, and then you're coming to us, it's only gonna elevate what you And you're, you're doing. providing them the roadmap of what For they For sure, need yeah, to we talk doing. to them about it, communicate about it with them. Um, if they need help designing whatever they need to do, we also help them out in those aspects. That's huge. Um, we try to put them in contact with the right people. If you're looking for strength conditioning coaches, um, we have some people that we've worked with in the past, things like that. How about some crazy experiences in the business so far? You got some wild stories? Yeah, I'm sure you're, de you're dealing with a lot of, listen, the culture. I actually have a funny story. I'll start with the funny story, ready? Right. So um, a client of mine, I just, he, um, Kylo Quinn, he played in the NBA for about 10 years. Um, he's overseas now playing in Japan. We started working out this summer and every summer the NBA has a summer league in Vegas. Um, so I was planning on going out there with another trainer I work with, Steve D'Agostino, just to interact with people, um, shake hands. We had a couple clients playing out there. Um, and I was figuring out how I was gonna get out there. I had to book a flight, I had to be back in four days. Um, and Kyle called me the night before I was getting ready to book my flight, and he said, look, I'm flying private out of Philly. Um, if you wanna get on the plane to Philly, or in Philly to go to Vegas, let me know, we'll get on the flight. So I'm like, all right, cool. 6 a.m. the next day, I drive down to Philly. Um, I get on the plane and Kyle Lowry's on the plane, point guard Miami Heat. And we weren't going to Vegas right away. We were going to Lake Tahoe, California because Kyle Lowry was playing in a golf outing. So I didn't find this out until I got on the plane, right? <laughs> Lake Tahoe's fire. So I get on the plane, Lake Tahoe's beautiful place. I was there for like six hours, beautiful place. So we go from <laughs> Tahoe to Vegas, right? Dead. But I didn't have a flight home. So when I go to book a flight, the flights from Vegas to New York were like, 1500 bucks. Oh the my only God. flight I could get on was Spirit. So I'm gonna say this, I think I'm the only person ever to fly private one place <laughs> and fly Spirit oh back to New York. God, that yeah. is so it was polar incredible, opposites. incredible. So that was like, that was like one, one of the crazier stories that I've had. Like, I didn't know how I was getting out there, I ended up flying private. Not only did I not get to Vegas right away, I went to another destination, but then I had to fly Spirit back home. Yo, so that's funny but as hell. Spirit Airlines, underrated, I'm telling you. Yeah, you, right. If you pay for the bigger seat, you're solid. Oh, First no three rows, way. you're solid. Never. Never First three rows, bro. you're solid. I'm gonna disagree with you heavy. <laughs> Justin, is, uh, is flying private overrated? 
Uh, no, it's it's properly rated. I'd say <laughs> properly rated. That's sure. what they say. All the big it's boys, they say that's the one rated. thing where, like, when you make some serious money, that properly shit is rated. worth it. It was incredible. Like, you literally get there, you walk on the plane, the plane's in the air. It's That's fine. it. Like, just like that. You're time traveling. Time, you for sure. You cut everything down. For sure. So wait, the guy, oh, he must have flew from Japan to Philly, I was going to say. He was well, he was, he was home in the off-season, so oh, this okay. was the off-season. Yep, he's Sorry. playing in Japan now. Um, he was making money like that in Japan to fly private? Well, he was with a whole group of people. So oh, okay. there was a whole group of people that had the plane, so I'm not sure exactly how the finances I'm worked out. But there was a seat available, so I was on the seat. But it was, that was one of my good stories um, from last off-season. It was hilarious. I'm going to Buffalo tomorrow. And I was just looking up private jet flights to get there because I got a membership with uh, Amex. Bro. Buffalo is a five-hour ride. It's a fucking 35-minute plane ride. Yeah. It's like $27,000. <laughs> it's insane. Like, yeah. what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I thought it'd be like somewhat affordable. No. 10 grand. You're going to drive, man. Crazy. I'm like, all right. Do you guys have thing in the truck? What do you think of the basketball culture? The, st the stereotypes around it? Um, it's interesting. Like, there's... I mean, again, Is it true? again, there's levels to the basketball culture and the basketball world, right? Um, and the way that our world is evolving, we see so much more. So, like, we can, um, you know, see what players are doing based on social media and things like that. So, um, I think it's all from the viewer's eye. If you want to believe into what goes on, you know, in a professional player's life or in a college player's life or in a high school player's life, then you're going to based on the lens that you have to your Well, phone. let me ask you this. Can white men jump? <laughs> I would say so, yeah, for sure. For sure. You're there's dunking here. There's some, yeah, I've dunked, yeah. <laughs> I've dunked, yeah. Um, and I've worked with some players who um, can get off the ground a little bit too, so I would say yes. <laughs> got, some, got some real bounce? Yeah. What's the, what's the best player you've worked with that you've seen? Or the guy with the most potential? Maybe it's in high school, not even in the NBA. Um, wow, that's a tough one too. Um, I worked with a trainer that I worked with, DJ Sackman. Um, oh, he yeah. Tra he trains a couple high-level guys. Uh, Elliot Cadeau just could be at the University of North Carolina. He was a really, really good high school player. He still is a really good high school player. He's a junior. Um, he's really good. Um, I went to Chris Brickley's um, off-season runs last year and watched some guys play. Um, Kyle Anderson, who plays with the Memphis Grizzlies, who is like – um, he's nicknamed slow-mo just by his movements are so slow, but he's so good at what he does. Like he gets to wherever he wants to get to, yeah. he takes different shots. Um, I went to the Celtics Nets game the other night, watched Jason Tatum like pretty up close, it was crazy. Um, but there's been a lot of really good players that I've seen. Is that the level of what you have to get to to make serious money in this business? Because I know DJ Sackman wasn't really in the, the NBA space, or I mean, he had some clients, but he, like, I used to work with him, and that, yeah. that was his thing, putting on those kind of camps. Yeah. Is that where a lot of the money is, or is money not really until you get to the NBA? Um, the money training? honestly depends on where you're focusing at. Now, again, you can create online platforms where people can buy into it and you can make some money that way. You can run a bunch of youth camps and make some money that way. You can generate, you know, based on your location, getting five to seven, you know, professional clients where you can generate money that way. Um, so I honestly think it's really about what the specific trainer or coach wants to do and how exactly they're going to then grow their business off of that. But Got I think, it. I don't think there's no like cookie cutter, like this is what you're going to do and you're going to make money. Yeah. Because even in regular business or any type of business, it can't just be a simple way because every location is different, every person's different, the way they're gonna manage the people they work with or work for is gonna be different. Yeah. Um, so I really just think it's about finding the area and really where you wanna specialize and go after. And that doesn't mean you have to just do one. You could do a whole bunch of different stuff kind of like what we're doing um, and then see what really, really sticks. How much is Tyler doing the day-to-day -day stuff? Is he still with Ty's you? Ty's fully locked in too. Yeah, yeah so Ty's fully time. locked in, youth programs, training, um, all the stuff. Yeah, so we, we do a lot of work together. Bring it back to um, like your your come up. Like you were a college athlete, athleticism, obviously business minded. But or you got any crazy street street ball stories? Like what was it like? Did you get bullied for at all? Tell us some. No, nah, I didn't challenge. honestly. Um, you know, I played in some different parks and stuff. I played in the West Fourth League down the city in Gaucho's Gym and stuff like that. But um, honestly, like the language that everyone speaks is basketball. Like if you're on the court and you can play, like you can fit in. So there wasn't really anything like per se, like bullying or um, anyone really going at me because I felt like my game could belong wherever I was playing. Um, and I think that helped me out a lot. You taught me a great trash talk line back when I used to play AAU. Yeah. <laughs> told me every time you score a bucket or when you're talking a free throw line, you got to tell them, yeah, your girlfriend over there, she's watching me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Man. I still remember it. Nothing will make a high school kid more mad than that. <laughs> I remember the AAU team was fun too. We had a good little AAU team. That was my red shirt year in college when I broke my foot. Yep. Um, and I was home for that spring and Mike Sinan had me coach that team. Yep. 
We were pretty good. We had a decent team. We had guys from all over the place. Red Hook, Spack and Kill. Cameron played on the team too. Cameron was a fucking animal at basketball as well. Cameron was an incredible athlete. Dude, he's incredible a freak. Athlete. Incredible athlete. He sells solar. Really? He works here. Yeah, yeah, Shout He's out also Cam, a top man. three guy. Bro, he came in. You know how he is. The most quiet kid in the world. Yep. But he's so competitive. He could not... He, when we, we have these sales conferences and we have people come up and like speak and they get awards and whatnot. Yep. And so everyone would come up and like, solar really changed my life. This job is so great. Blah, blah, blah. Tell us a little bit about themselves. Cam comes up. We're like, so Cam, tell us like your motivation, what's going on. How have you been able to be successful? And he's like, uh, what do you say? He's like, oh, he goes, I just want to prove my dad wrong. And then goes and sits down. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this guy is a savage. And then he wanted to be the number three guy this year out of the entire company. Yeah, yeah, he's doing really good. He's killing it. But that was what I was saying before is like in business, in, in sales, competitiveness is like the number one trait by far. For sure. And working on your game. Yeah. Like it's huge but in, in our culture with, with selling. Yeah. You know, we, we speak to coaches you know we go i mean me and him speak to this guy mark disoni all the time who's teaching yeah. us how to get better at and it's not just sales it's like first of all working on your strengths like you said which yeah. is wild that this is coming up again but that's everything mark disoni teaches me shows up in my life places <laughs> you brought up a good point go uh, like uh, um injury and you said you broke your foot what was yep. that like was that tough any other injuries what is injury like in the in sport of what you do yeah so i um i broke my foot like three times in a year and a half or so and i ended up having to get surgery i got two screws and a bone graft in my left foot um and that was a tough time for me because I wasn't playing basketball. So that honestly helped me now long-term of just understanding like that adversity I was dealing with, it sucked at the time, but allowed for me to understand like that's something that's real and that's something I can grow from and something that's gonna help me long-term because the athletes that I work with, they might end up in a similar situation. So some of the things that I did to cope with that and to still be around the game, not only helped me get through it, but now it's helping me now. Like I had to coach an AAU team of a bunch of kids that weren't that much younger than I was, but it allowed me to understand like how some kids learn, how some kids um, can play the game a different way um, and things like that. And that really, really helped me now with what I do, you know, because the main thing I really learned coaching that team during that time was not everybody has the same mindset or love for the game of basketball. Some might have it more, some might have it less, some might just be there because they wanna be there and their buddies are there. And that allows you to then teach each kid a different way so everyone is getting something that's good out of that. And that's something I learned then that still helps me now to this day. I love that, I love that. Yeah. Um, obviously every part of the journey is important and it's got you to where you are and you've learned all those lessons you were just talking about coaching. What has been the best so far? You playing in high school, going to the state championship. I'm sure you had a lot of fun playing in high yep. school. College playing at Cortland, a big D3 school that was really competitive, or coaching now. What's been your, your most exciting? Yeah. Um, I would say high school only because yeah. you're playing with everybody you grew up with. And this sounds crazy because there's a thousand people that live in Pine Plains, but like Pine Plains high school basketball games used to be insane because we were so good. We had Tyler, obviously, who was a, a future NBA player, like playing high school basketball in Pine Plains. Yeah. It's crazy. So people were coming to those. Um, we were really successful. I had a really good individual career. We had a really good time as a team. We didn't win a state championship, but we came really close. Um, I would say high school, but again, like I've said before, like each one is great. Each one has like things that have been like super awesome to go through and deal with and to be a part of. You got that typical, the small time story. I come from Pine Plains. It's got one yeah. stoplight in one the whole fucking- One stoplight, one post office. In the whole, Stewart. In the whole Stewart. entire town. Made it big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those are town. always the best stories. It's Literally funny, everybody you. thinks they grew up in a small town until they like go to Pine Plains. There's nothing fucking there. Nothing there, nothing. Pine it's Plains. Have you been? Probably, we'll have to take a trip, man. I drove through there one time. <laughs> yeah. Stopped at the Stewart's. The Stewart's, the only thing in town. That was the popping spot. Popping spot. It's the only thing in town, man. You get it, whatever you now want. Now I got to ask about the two phones. One for coaching, one for... Yeah, so I, um, we actually just, Tyler and I added those in a few months ago. It's actually really helpful just to streamline everything. Um, business emails goes to one. Contacts for workouts goes to one. Uh, social media is on one. And then still my personal one has a lot of business on it still, but... I know that's my personal one. Yeah. Um, so it's actually been very helpful. You like you like that idea? I do. Because I've been saying for I do. years that I should. It's helped that. a ton because like, um, as I said before, 
I'm always my business every single day, but I know like if I set this one away for a little bit, I got to lock into whatever else I'm doing that day and then I can go back to my work if I need to. Got it. Um, And having the second one has helped me stay off of social media and scrolling and going through stuff. That's big. And I'm only on it when I need to be, when I'm posting or I'm interacting with the people that I want to. I'm not just caught like chilling. Like it can be a very bad habit of just like hanging out and be like, all right, let me scroll TikTok for these 60 minutes. No, that's smart. That would be the biggest. And honestly, because I'm so in my business every day, whether I'm on the court, I'm sending emails, I'm working on the website, um, I'm planning a camp, whatever that looks like. The time that I can kind of get away from like just being on my phone and hanging out and like give some time to myself is like big. So it's really, really helped. Hmm. It's the worst and best thing that's ever happened to us. For sure. Social media literally has changed. Like people are fucking worth hundreds of million dollars because they make videos on YouTube. But there's also probably 95% of America that comes home and scrolls for an hour and a half and waste their fucking life. It's such a trap. Even, you know, obviously Bryce does all our work on social media, but I started doing my Facebook and like, I just find myself, you know, I pick it up to, to yeah. post a reel and then I'm on Instagram scrolling and I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> yeah. Where am I right now? I, <laughs> where I, is this? I'm not 27 yeah. minutes. It's such a trap. And like, I have to detox myself from it. Like yeah. you, it like fucks with your head. For like sure. I have like. ADHD from looking at the shit. The big thing too with social media, it's funny because we're all on it and we all like you guys have have the podcast and everything. You're on it all the time, posting and promoting your stuff that people think that's like just all that you do, right? So people see me post like a, a 15 second reel on like a ball handling video and they think like, oh, that's like his job. That's all he does for work. <laughs> and they don't actually see what like work really is. It's not just like the one clip of being in the gym and doing a workout. There's so much more that goes on behind it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with social media. You see someone who has, you know, a million followers and they have this great life, but you don't know what work they actually did or are doing to get to that point. It's not like they just like posted and they're all of a sudden they've got a ton of money and they're like doing stuff. Like they put in a ton of work that we don't know about to yeah. get to that point. Yeah. You know? Social media prescribed us ADHD with how much we scroll and how quickly our attention spans are. It also prescribed us with impossible to have delayed gratification. For sure. Because all you do is see everyone winning. For sure. Because the only people on social media that grow, get big are the people that have been doing it for nine years, then now they're big, then now you're seeing yeah, their exactly. story. And there's a lot of people, like you don't see someone that's now posting that has 500 followers and seven posts. Correct. But you'll see them when they have 30,000 followers and 1,000 posts, and you're like, what? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, but I need to do what he's that. doing. Exactly, but it's like, that took so long, yeah. you know? And like, that's kind of the way I look at it. Like when I put my stuff out there on social media, I'm putting it out there to help people get better at basketball, in business, in life. If a hundred people interact with it. Great. If a hundred thousand interact with it, that's also awesome. Now I'm reaching more people, you know, but I don't look at it from the standpoint of like, I need to have what they have because it's never going to work that way because their grind and their work to get there is different than what mine is. And you would say that businesses nowadays require social media. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Some of my clients I have now I get because of social media. Right. Well, you're in that space because they see the video, they see a drill and they're like, that can either help me get better or I like that style, let me go check that out. Yeah, the, you know? the crowd you're talking to, the, the, your clients are high school kids, for sure, college kids, yep. who are on social media nonstop. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that'd be a terrible idea if you weren't doing that, Yep. Right. you know? And a lot of businesses, just the way it is, like you said before, how many people get done with their work every day and when they go home, they sit on the couch, they sit in their chair and they scroll. So like, if you're not putting stuff out there, you don't have a chance to be seen with what you're doing. Yeah, you're missing you out know? on a huge sure. I saw a stat that was like, there's 2 million people that are creating content on TikTok right now or something like yep. that. And then you see a stat of like, there's over 350 million people active on TikTok a day. Yeah. So like- Yeah, if you're on there, you might as well do something with dude, it. Just throw something out there. 150X times the amount of people just scrolling on Throw shit. something out there, you, you know? know? And that's, I think that's the thing too is like, no one really gives a shit about like what you're actually putting out until they engage or interact with it. So you might as well just throw the stuff out that you think is going to provide the value. And if you can do that, you're going to eventually find whatever it is that you want to get out of yeah. it. I, I had this realization the other day. Actually, when we were in your fucking sauna at Dutch's Landing. <laughs> we were talking about it, having a business meeting. And uh, I was talking like on social media, man, these people... You see on average 2,000 ads a day. I heard that stat somewhere too. You see like 2,000 ads a day. And I'm talking like 
you know, we post, we do this fundraising campaign for Levitate Blade Likes. Yep. We post it one time and then we never post about it again. And I'm like, only 100 people saw that. We could post that same clip yep. for months and I would still see people that are my friends and like, hey, bro, did you see the Levitate thing, the Blade Like stuff we posted? They'd be like, no. Yeah. So you can post shit on social media all, the time. all day, all the time, and 20 posts a day, and it never gets old. I think it's very dependent on what platform you use. This is my own deduction of it, and, and yep. you can take it and roll it if you want, but I think people who are watching TikTok have the shortest attention span, and then it goes Instagram, they can w watch a little bit yep. longer, and then Facebook, they watch a lot longer. And then YouTube, obviously, when you're going to YouTube, you got 15 to 30 minutes to watch something. Yeah. And you're going for one specific thing, for typically, sure. I believe. Yeah. So we try to use that in what we do that's you know? good insight honestly too because i just view that now as like my perspective when i'm on TikTok, i'm just scrolling on the feed right i don't really go like oh that was dope let me no, go check out gonna... seven other posts but right. if i'm on instagram i'm more like in the feed with who i'm already following right that's and actually a really facebook, good perspective people are looking and they're yeah, really facebook engaging is crazy. facebook is insane <laughs> it is my favorite thing used to be in facebook is being in the uh, parent groups where they would argue yes because they really give a shit about what but they're like, watching but then they also don't understand that like everybody can see it yeah oh yeah so like they would put a comment to you but they don't realize that everybody else can yo, see that that's the fun yo, thing about facebook old parent groups using the i'm internet. telling you facebook parent groups used to be my shit i used to always go on there and like look at them and i'm like yo they're really arguing about this where everybody can read this that's it's the ultimate care insight is fucking facebook are you on youtube at all um yeah i've actually really started um hitting youtube in like the last month or so um if I'm posting on TikTok and Instagram, I think YouTube's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, it allows us to be a little more creative with what we're doing, some longer form stuff, some like full drill content, some full workout content. Um, I want to kind of get into more of like day in the life of yeah. my basketball training career, my entrepreneurial career. Um, and I think YouTube's really a perfect place for that because the people that are really looking for that, they're going to want to see the full thing. Not right, just they're really engaged. Exactly. So people usually have two perspectives when it comes to content. Are you the person who on YouTube, you'll share a 60 minute of like all of your, how you're training people and all your skills and you're not scared to give away all the good shit you have? Or are you kind of short clips, day in the life, things of that nature and kind of keeping a little bit more of this specific Yeah, honestly, to, I put out everything that I do because for me, I want to try to provide value so that not only other people in my industry that are doing it can get better, but people that are working can also get better because I just find it so valuable to see the real stuff that's going on to try to help people get better. You know, like me as a trainer, I'm still gonna be me as a trainer and what really sells is my ability to communicate, to talk, to build the plans that I'm doing and then execute. Yeah. It's not just the actual drills we're doing, it's more the whole thing that we're actually doing as a training session. Yeah, that's the mindset I, I mean that I have as well. That's I was asking to see kind of how you would answer, but. Yeah. There's so much shit that, that people are not going to get just from being on social media. Your clients are going to be your clients no matter what. Yeah. The, the, the stuff you post is going to make them want to work with you. And then exactly. you're going to bring them in and then they're going to really see the day to day. You know? And my thing is too that like people in my industry, if they're growing and everybody is growing, it not only it helps all of us. Right. Where like if I think I'm the only one that can teach basketball, I've lost. Because there's other people that can, there's other people that communicate, there's other people that can get on the court and do this stuff. So just putting the stuff out there doesn't hurt who I work with every day. I'm really just hurting the entire industry as a whole at that point. The guy to Sony, Mark Sony, that we work with now. Yep. Bro, I'm on social media, YouTube, I watch all these podcasts, all these guys to give away all the free information. But then I hire a coach, and a coach, he'll, sometimes will say the same stuff that other people are saying on YouTube, but when he's like one-on-one -on -one and he tells me, it clicks totally that's when it becomes real yeah. yeah i'm like holy shit that's so smart and i've heard it 97 other times being like a hard worker in whatever solar let's say it helps to have the athlete mindset because we're constantly training too and we have coaches for sure like i said mark disoni is our coach and it really helps when they help you work on your strengths and your weaknesses and obviously all of that and it's like it's so important to act as an athlete would who's trying to perfect their game in business yeah. and people don't see that they just show up and do the work and they think oh that's it but it's like Perfect. if you want to ascend and go to the top you need to work on your game and you need people from the outside to come in and help you do that i fact. think that was the point i was trying to make that before. was a great point either way it was a good point it, was, <laughs> it wasn't worth waiting for guys. <laughs> that's a great point that's gonna be a real <laughs> <laughs> go ahead mom uh justin it made me think before when you said that do you feel like you're marketing to the high school student themselves or their parents who's actually the one who's hiring you? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, right? So like us being at the games and being visible and present, we can really have conversations with their parents as well. Um, 
but all of them online are gonna follow us and see what we're doing. So it might be if we're posting on social media, the kid might see the reel or the video or an event we're doing and be like, hey, mom or dad, I'd love to go to that event. But then also when we're in the gym and we're interacting, we can be face to face with their parents as well. So I think it's both. Going to the games is like the most genius marketing move ever. I'm at you like, show like up seriously, and, like, and, I, and I post them all the time. So like, that's another thing that, again, like I post everything. Like if I'm in the gym, I'm posting that I'm there. So then not only people are seeing that I'm there, but like, that I'm accessible, I'm around. People are gonna know that like, this is really what I do. Um, so yeah, I, I go to games all the time. You get a lot of people to. who come up to you, like kids? Yeah, for come sure. Up to you say what's yeah, up yeah. because yeah, they kids know will say what's up. I go interact with people that I see. Um, and I build great relationships with people because yeah. I not only, I don't feel like I have to go to games. I wanna go to games because I like interacting with people and I just like love watching basketball. Yeah, I mean, dude, that that all the stuff you're doing is, is a, Trail to success. I don't know how you could do what you're doing and not grow this business to a substantial amount. You Appreciate know? that. It's yeah, you definitely good got shit. it. And I love what you said earlier. I know I'm bringing it back a little further, but how you took your loss and you turned it into a win. You said you broke your foot and it put you in a position that you you not necessarily would have went into by yourself, but you were put in the position of coaching and it taught you a lot more about the game. For sure. And I love that. You know, For sure. A big thing, we obviously talk about business and as we said to you earlier, we like the warrior spirit. And that's when you can take any loss and make it into a win. Yep. So that's huge. I think that's great. And losing is great too in, in that sense too, like losing or facing adversity because you learn so much about what you're going through and who you are. Like, how do I react in times that like aren't so great that I need to try to overcome? Or if, you know, this event that we're running didn't go so well, well, what can we learn from it to pr promote it better and then run a better event? It's almost like you have you to learn so much. You have to, to win because sure. if you're winning every game, well, you can't, you don't, you're not you really learn? learning. You're just kind of continuing to go right. along those how things. How can you? Exactly. What is there to learn if you're winning every game? Yeah, That's crazy. for sure. I never thought of it that way. I fucking love losing. Got to be a loser Drives if you want to be a winner. It's the yeah, best, and baby. You just, and honestly, you learn those ways. Yeah, right? yeah. You learn something, you understand things a little bit better, and then you try to just get better from that overall. Yeah. Well, everything everything in life is perspective. We just had a sales conference yesterday, and I went on like an hour-long tangent about this, about you just your perspective on what happens in your life is everything to you. If you lose a game and you're – don't go back and look at the game and why you lost and how you lost and what it is and why it's good and all these things that you can look at from that loss, then you're just, you're just not smart. You're not doing it the right way. So losing is everything. Like if you can't, what is a, uh, fuck, there's a good quote Will Smith said about that. Like failing. Keep your wife's name out. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I That's meant. That's a good quote too. That's but, exactly yeah. what I meant. Hot seat questions, rapid fire. I'm going to give you a bunch of different things. Tell me the first thing that comes to your mind and answer as quick as you can. Yep. So first one, start, bench, cut, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Woo! I'm going to get some hate for this, but I'm going to cut MJ. I'm going to start Bron. <laughs> I'm going to start Bron, and I'm going to bench Kobe. The reason being, I grew up watching LeBron and Kobe, um, and I think the game has changed now. And even though I think MJ is the greatest of all time based on what he accomplished, what I saw with my eyes to start to enjoy the game of basketball was LeBron and Kobe Bryant. So I'm gonna go that way with it. Hot take, cut MJ, start LeBron, and I'll bench Kobe. So, Not so what wait, I was expecting. With that being said, you don't think uh, Michael Jordan was shining bright on the court today on the, in the uh, NBA? I think he would have developed into becoming a better shooter and he would have done ah, very well. Okay. But he didn't have to shoot the basketball that well to from the perimeter to do what he did just based on the way the game was. Very um, He would have evolved his game. You know, it's like, we look at things like this, and this is what's crazy, um, not to go down this rabbit hole, but like players that played in the 60s or 70s or 80s that we say are like some of the greatest of all time, a 15th man on the NBA roster today would, smoke. would fry them. I the think game that's is such an interesting. The game take, is different, and I believe that absolutely. The game is different. They're better athletes, bro. Look they at the highlights. Better. Like you look at some of those guys in the '60s, '70s, and '80s. Like they were drinking before, during, after mm. games, mm. smoking cigarettes on like, the sideline. So like, it's just a different world. So you have to appreciate what they did to allow the game to become what it is today. But. I just think the comparison is hard to do because the game is so different. I now. think a good way to sum that up or, or to make it a little easier for people to understand is like, remember when Tony Hawk did the 900 on TV? And everyone went fucking crazy. 
Some kid does that now in his backyard on a house. Yeah, right. His dad bought it. It's just different. On the weekend. Because it's like now the standards are so much higher because everyone is working so much harder to get to that next level. And it's just like, yep. I guess I could kind of agree with you. You know, I think unless he was in the game now working at, against what he's working against with the same work ethic, yeah. he wouldn't be able to perform the way these other athletes do. All right, not so rapid fire question number two. Is, yeah, that uh, wasn't rapid fire <laughs> at all. That's is, all right, so. You used to be a sneakerhead back in the day. Yep. How many pairs of sneakers you got today? Um, I still am a sneakerhead. I probably have around 100. Um, I've given away a lot. I've sold a lot. Um, I've transitioned away from Jordans to more like running shoes and dunks and just more basketball shoes. Um, but I still love sneakers for sure. What sport pulls the most women? Um, I'm gonna go basketball for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go basketball. I think this one's easy. Soccer. Oh, <laughs> might be soccer. Yeah, I'm gonna go basketball though. There's okay. just there's so many fans of soccer. Yeah, I mean, if you look at yeah. it that way, population pure wise, numbers, pure numbers wise, from a easy, business perspective, yeah. it's soccer probably. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. I'm gonna um, go basketball though for sure. Do you do you do you shit every time before a game? <laughs> uh, come on. Man. What kind of a question is <laughs> that? Yo, listen, this is the clickable shit that's just stupid. All right, all right. That fucking gets a million views for no reason. Favorite stories of triumph that an experience with somebody that you've trained. You know, there was this kid and he was sick, sucked at this, and then you pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. And yeah, my my favorite ones are the players that want to make a school team they might be in seventh or eighth grade or ninth mm. or tenth grade and they just want to make the team but not only do they make the team they get on the team and they actually play and i think it's more what they're able to do every day to get to that point and just kind of taking the guidance and learning from our sessions and then going out and applying it and doing it on their own but there's been a bunch of kids that they come to us, they really want to just make the team, and then some of them start to really fall in love with the game of basketball and build some great habits that allow them to actually play in games. Mm. Give me your all-time starting five. All-time starting five. Tough one. I'm going to go a little bit more new school. Don't act like you haven't done this a thousand times. Um, <laughs> LeBron can be my point guard. Okay. Kobe can be my two. MJ can be my three. Okay. Um, my four... This is tough. I might have to go backwards. I'm going to go. I'm going to change this. Magic's my point guard. Okay. Kobe's my two. MJ's my three. Bron's my four. And then my five is going to be Bill Russell. And if you reason, had a six, who would it be? Um, I'm guard heavy, so I'm going to probably go with a big, and I'm going to go Kevin Garnett. And the only reason I'm going to go Kevin Garnett is because he's a savage. And I can bring Kevin Garnett in. He can, he can take care of business. You're taking that team against anyone? Anyone. Anyone else to start in five? I've got Magic, Kobe, Jordan, LeBron, and Bill Russell. We're fine. We got a big. Those four guys can play and do what they need to do. Bill Russell's an underrated Kevin man. Garnett is not the best player. He's not a top 10 player. He's probably not a top 20 player, but he fits that team. He's a fucking psycho is what fits he Fits that team. You just yeah. need players that can fit that team. All right. Wait, did you like Kevin Garnett's performance in Uncut Gems and also the other Adam Sandler movie about basketball? Not a movie guy. So I can't watch. I don't really sit down and watch movies. I've never seen Uncut, Uncut Gems. Um, hustle? Hustle? Yeah. I've seen Hustle because everyone thinks I look like Bo Cruz. He said that before you got here. Um, <laughs> so I've seen Hustle, and that's the reason I watched Hustle was because everyone was like, you look like Bo Cruz, you're Bo Cruz. And I'm like, who the hell is Bo Cruz? Yeah. So I watched the movie. Uh, good movie. You're not good a movie. movie guy, bro? Not a movie guy. Can't you're sit and watch movies. Bastard. I can't. Well, let's see if you can answer this question. OG Space Jam or the new Space Jam? Didn't mm. see the new Space Jam, so OG Space Jam. Let's go. Love Same. OG Didn't Space watch Jam. the new one. <laughs> The but new one sucks. And I'm a fan of original stuff, too. Yeah. So, like, the original movie, I'm going to like the original movie because that's what I saw first. Yeah, I didn't fuck with the new one. I didn't um, even see it. Harder to train female or male athletes? Male, for sure. Really? Male, for sure. The, the, the girl athletes you work with, um, I think, listen a little bit more, and um, they also are able to realize what we're working on to fit their game. Mm. A lot of the boys that we work with see James Harden do something on TV and they come to the gym and they're like, yo, I could do that. I can do that today. You think it's a maturity thing? Because um, these younger... Yeah, I think, I think so a little bit, but yeah. I just also think it's just a seriousness about the way they do it. Like, I think a lot of the girls that really are devoting their time to playing it are really, really serious about it. I'm not saying the boys aren't, but 
they have an understanding of who they are as a player and what they can do where mm. the boys are kind of just like oh yeah i saw harden do this last night i can do that today <laughs> you know um but both are great to work with yeah we're with a ton of both we want you to build your what's it say build your best lineup in nba history for 15 dollars. so it's got 25 players five and five dollars four and five and four dollars blah 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 so on and so forth so you have to pick you can only spend up to 15 dollars and you got to build a starting five Woo, man i had to explain it properly Woo. they gotta see it <laughs> all right bet so we'll go we'll go curry at the one four dollars go kobe at the two four dollars it gets me to eight um we'll go kd no i'm lying i gotta go kd now my math is getting crazy. God, you got eight. KD, I got 11, right? It's 11 bucks. What is KD number? He's three. Three? Yep, you're at 11. I went Curry, Kobe, KD. You're at 11. You got $4 left. I don't love that team already. <laughs> We're not going to guard nobody. <laughs> I got to go KG then, which puts me at 13. $2 left. $2 gets me Bill Russell. That was pretty close to the same fucking team before. Close. So I'm Bill... Oh, wait, no, you didn't pick Magic. I thought you picked Magic. Never I was mind. going to, but five bucks is a lot for a player. I'm going to use, I'm gonna use a third of my money on one guy. I got to pick four of the dudes. This is the team that I like yeah, low-key pick. Right there. But Steph, Kobe, KD, KG, Bill Russell. Okay. We're winning it. There's not another team. Carl Malone being worth $4 is crazy. Big <laughs> yeah, that's a little much. Two, four, six, eight, ten. So I'm taking all of them. Good luck. You don't even know who they are. All of them. It doesn't matter. I got fucking Just eight. middle of the back. You got yeah, eight guys. players. You're not, you're not competing you got some with me. Dirk is a dollar? That's disrespectful. Taking Shaq. He AI can, is a he dollar. Can eat uh, everyone. I mean, it's not terrible. He can't play defense. But Dirk has a dollar? He's a fucking Dirk one of the best. Whoa, AI for a buck? Dr. J, Julius Irvin, my guy. So I always like to ask everybody, yep. at the end of the day, what is your message that you want to pass along to everyone that you work with. I like that. It's an incredible thing. Um, I think the end of the day is if you have something that you want to go do, whether that's business, life, uh, professionally, leisurely, something that you want to get out and do, um, nobody's going to be able to do that for you. If you want to go do something, you got to go out and do it yourself, whether that's grow your business, grow your social media, um, create a better lifestyle for yourself. If you don't decide that you want to go do that and you don't actually get up and do those things, it's never going to happen for you. You got to put the work in. There you go. Be responsible. You heard it here, people. If you want to find Justin Coop, where can they find you? What's your, um, what's I'm on your Instagram, tags? TikTok, Twitter, uh, J Coop Hoops. Um, and then our business is lmcbasketball.com. And then all of our training, camps, clinics, everything's right there on the website. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks, Justin, for coming on. Appreciate and we'll y'all having you guys me. next time. See you later. Peace.